As a medical professional, you're probably consumed by your work. Because of that, you likely miss out on big opportunities to protect and grow the wealth you work so hard for. Luckily, through passive real estate investing, you can place your capital in the hands of trusted syndicators who do all the legwork while you sit back and let your money work for you. Syndicators like Ascent Equity Group. Ascent Equity Group is led by three medical professionals turned full-time real estate investors who have secured a quarter of a billion dollars in assets in just three years. And their latest opportunity, Sunrise and Chandler, is open now. Sunrise and Chandler is an exciting 177-unit value-add multifamily opportunity in the affluent city of Chandler, Arizona. This Class B asset in a Class A location was secured at a significant discount and is already cash flowing out of the gate, with 89% of the units still in need of renovation. Sunrise and Chandler is close to meeting its capital raising goal and will be closing soon. So if you'd like to learn more, visit ascentequitygroup.com forward slash best deal to schedule a call. That's A-S-C-E-N-T equitygroup.com slash best deal. This opportunity is open to accredited investors only. Even if no one watches your video or no one cares about what you're doing, it's still going to force you to discipline your thought process to have a better idea and to be able to sell it better. Before we get into today's episode, I want to mention today's best ever partner and give you a free gift. And that partner is Fun Net Flip, and they're going to be giving you a free deal analysis spreadsheet. You know who Fun Net Flip is, don't you? Because you're a loyal best ever listener. They've been a sponsor on the show. Matt Rodak, the founder of Fun Net Flip, has been on the podcast multiple times giving us his insight on the online lending process. Fund That Flip provides fast, reliable funding for your house flip projects. They're an online platform, makes the application process entirely easy, and they've got a whole bunch of experts on their team who can help you get funding in 24 hours and close within as few as seven days. And all of you best ever listeners, you're getting a free spreadsheet to help you analyze your projects. Go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. That's fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. And you'll get a free deal analysis tool. It'll help you provide a scope of work for your projects, create the scope of work, analyze the profitability of the project, or if it's not profitable, you need to know that too, and make a determination on the max purchase price super important. You can print out all the detailed reports and that will help you get your deals funded faster. Go to fundnetflip.com forward slash best ever. Get that free analysis tool, fundnetflip.com forward slash best ever. Best ever listeners, welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate podcast and we don't get into any fluffy stuff. We only talk about the best advice that moves your real estate investing business forward. With us today, we have returning guests, and they're returning because they're going to talk to us about a tough situation they were in and how they overcame it. Jimmy Breland and Bob Scott, how you doing? Great. How you doing? Very good. I'm doing well, and thanks again for joining us. Round two and round one, best ever listeners, is episode 786, titled Over 100 Properties Acquired in 12 Months from Lease Options Masters. If you are into lease options, single-family homes, or raising private money, then listen to that episode. And especially if you're into raising private money, how to scale your business, keep listening to this episode because we're going to talk about how they scale 
specifically Halloween, uh, that we we make it serious projects from what November, December, January. So five properties a month on average. They focus on single-family homes and lease options. They are graduates of the United States Military Academy, the Air Force Academy. They're based in St. Louis, Missouri. With that being said, you two want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background, and then we'll roll right into the situation that you had that was sticky. Yeah. You want to kick it off? Why don't you go about the background? Okay, so um, Jimmy and I uh, started doing business together about two and a half years ago. We met at a uh, mutual friend's birthday party, had a lot in common. Jimmy obviously went to West Point. I went to Air Force. We both played football there, so we had that in common. And then we were also both big fans of, of Robert Kiyosaki, real estate investors. And uh, we started off, I think I wholesaled you a property first. You wholesaled me too. I wholesaled you two deals, and then I... Um, and then I beat you on... I Not beat you, but <laughs> took one from under, out from under you. He, he outbid me on a property. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm pretty cheap, so he paid a little bit more and bought one. And then I... Uh, that got, private landed on mine. You were private money lender, and we just, we're just like, yeah. all right, you know... This is silly. Like, let, uh, let's just partner up and see what happens. Yeah, so one deal turned into, obviously, 115 now, and we've been rocking and rolling ever since. All right, last time we talked... Like I mentioned, it was around Halloween, and you two are already at over 100 properties at that point in time. Now you're continuing to grow. Tell us the story of the tough situation that you were in and set the groundwork a little bit for us. When we first started, I had a W-2 job, and I could slide my W-2 across any banker's desk, and they'd loan us money. And the first million we got loaned to us, the amazing part, like we had no idea what we were doing. Our systems weren't in place. We were just like, hey, I got a W-2. Here's some properties. Let's do this. But we got big enough that I was able to quit my job. We no longer had that W-2. And even with that W-2, now that we knew what we were doing, now that we had like 50 properties, bankers stopped lending us money. And so we knew we had a winner here. We're like, we got to keep buying. We got to find some money. So we had to go into the private market. Yeah. And it also seems like most commercial lenders, at least the, the smaller local banks we'd working with, had a ceiling of about $500,000. So your first $500,000 of properties with them, it was fairly easy to get. And the actual point of contact could write the deal. But once it got above that, now the deal had to go to loan committee. So now you've got a lot more people looking at the package, looking at your finances, your financials, and basically the whole underwriting of the deal. So there's a lot more scrutiny above that $500,000 level. And several of our bankers said, hey, let's hold off. Let's see what happens after six months, a year of of on-time payments. And we can see a little bit more track record. So we were able to get a fast start out of the gates, but then things kind of started grinding to a halt. And most of our private lenders were on on six-month balloons. We had money lined up so we could acquire the property, we could do some renovations, and then get a tenant in place and try and refinance before that six-month balloon. But as the bankers started slowing down and these balloons came up, we started getting in quite a bit of a crunch. So we actually called you up, Joe, and said, hey, what do you think we can do about this? Give us some pointers. You're obviously an expert at raising capital. So that was the issue. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. So we're going to have to slow down. That was our only option. <laughs> slow down or find more money. Mm-hmm. Okay. At the time, how much private money, if any, were you bringing in every month? 
50 and then on a good month maybe 100 of new money and we were really counting on this was um, all our friends and family circle too yeah so yeah, it was a very small close network and we were using the refinances from the commercial lenders to recycle our private lenders and acquire more property so we're kind of just shuffling the same money over and over versus actually getting fresh money into our system okay and from very high level, you touched on it, but can you explain again what your business model is for the best of listeners who maybe aren't familiar with lease option or how someone who does lease option would use private money? Yes. So we basically are residential single family investors. We identify and buy a deeply discounted property, typically shoot for 30 to 50 cents on the dollar. So if a house is going to be worth $100,000 when it's all fixed up, we try and buy it between thirty dollars to $50,000, maybe spend ten, fifteen thousand dollars $15,000 in repairs. But we like to be in a property for no more than about 60 to $0.70 cents on the dollar tops, and many of our properties were in for much less than that. So we acquire the property with private money, do any needed repairs, then we market the property on a lease with an option to buy. And there's a few reasons we do lease options. One, we get a non-refundable option deposit up front, so it's skin in the game for tenant buyers. Our tenant buyers are responsible for all repairs and maintenance, so it's a lot more streamlined of a model. There's less management calls, less headaches, a lot more cash flow on the back end once you get a tenant in place. And then we kind of coach people through the process of actually getting qualified for a loan. But once we place the lease option tenant buyer in the property and we've shown a, a few months track record of receiving those rents, then we would take the property to a commercial lender and refinance out because now we've turned a distressed asset into a cash flowing asset and put some money into it and the value is there where we can get the property reappraised and pull all of our money out. And from an investor standpoint, when do they go in and when do they exit the deal? They would go in at purchase and all of our deals are done with the title company. So our lenders receive title insurance or on the hazard insurance premium as well are named as a judicial insured and hazard insurance. And then typically we, we start off with about six month deals, but now we're typically at a, a two to three year standpoint. Most of our investors kind of like doing that due diligence period and then having their money out there and working for them as long as possible. So you were bringing in about 50 to 100,000 a month in new private money and you realized that you had to do something different. What happened? Well, we, we went to you for coaching, and your thing is like, you guys are at a point now where you guys know something. Why don't you throw it on the market and see if it's valuable to anybody else? But to use your words, Joe, attempt to become a thought leader. And I'm like, we do know something, but is it anything anybody else values? And you're like, throw it up on YouTube and find out. Because that was a big hurdle for me, being like, stuff that bangs around in our head and we talk about it in this office is anybody else going to care or is it going to resonate with anybody else? And the only way to find out was to do it and try. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we basically made a list of all the kind of forms of media that are popular. YouTube, we mentioned doing podcasts. You're obviously got one of the best real estate podcasts out there and it's working well for you. You know, I think we looked at, uh, what else did we look at? We looked at writing and producing. Oh, yeah. Blog, <laughs> that was blog. definitely not. I can tell you said that with so much disdain. <laughs> writing. Like, Venom was, was on your microphone right now when you said You proofread some of my stuff. It's miserable. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
you have good thoughts, but it would have been what you would have gone bankrupt with a proofreader. Yeah. <laughs> so we researched all of the major quote unquote thought leaders in, in real estate in each of those forms of media and figure out who was the top out there and then figured out where we could fit in given our personality styles and the types of properties we were doing and everything else. And after talking with you, we basically settled on, on YouTube be good because we can sh- walk through properties, show people what we're doing out in the field, see how far their money goes here in St. Louis. You know, we bought 56 houses last year in 2016. Our average purchase price was $39,000, which probably sounds absolutely crazy for most people who live in New York or California. You can't even really buy a garage out there for that type of price. So it's kind of cool for most of our folks to actually see what you can get for your money out here in St. Louis. By the way, best ever listeners, the purpose is not to tout one of my clients' success stories for the sake of doing it. The purpose of this episode is to talk about how when we establish, as Jimmy said, a thought leadership platform and their platform of choice is YouTube, then we become experts in that category as long as we are doing it consistently. And what Bob had mentioned about identifying which one made the most sense. Well, it it depends on the team or the individual who's creating it. So for some people, it might be a podcast, myself included. For others, it might be a blog or writing a book, or maybe it's attending regular seminars or doing a monthly meetup or a weekly meetup in our market. For them, it was YouTube because one, we've got a built-in distribution channel of, I think, I don't know, a billion people or something on YouTube, a bunch of people. And then two, they've got an interesting business model that lends itself to seeing what's going on in the market. I could still do a YouTube channel very well, but I just focus on my podcast because for me, it's more about scale and reach and learning about different industries. For them, it made more sense because the purpose was ultimately to build relationships with more people. And with YouTube, they're able to do that. Plus, out of all the channels, it fits their personality the best. I encourage you to go check out their videos. Their website is jointopsproperties.com, and their YouTube channel is linked from their website because you'll see the different style of videos that they do. And as the videos have gone from the very beginning to now where they've been doing them more regularly, they become more and more polished. What are some of the things that you've noticed from a business standpoint that this has resulted in for you too? So when we were just calling people up and cold calling or getting referrals, we had to tell our entire business story 10 times a week. And then we'd have to then explain the investment. So we had to explain things over and over again. Now, when somebody calls us on the phone, they've seen our introduction video, they've seen the actual houses we invest in and the results. So they're already pre-qualified, they're already interested, and the call goes very quickly. Mm-hmm. And not, not only that, but they also feel like they have a relationship with us already. They've already spent maybe 30 minutes or a few hours listening to us talk and tell stories and talk about different ways that we, we think about deals. So it's like once they're in front of us, it's actually kind of been surprising a few times for yeah. me because they're like, oh, Bob, I already know you. I've watched this and that. I'm like, you know, I haven't met you, but it's great. So it, it breaks down the ice and it's much easier to form a relationship and get that conversation going and have people feel comfortable with you right off the bat. 
Yeah. And I would say for those reasons, I've heard those same things and I have the same – if you had asked me that question about why I do a podcast and the results I've seen from it, it's the exact same stuff. I would also argue that YouTube is more powerful than a podcast because – People are able to see you all and also hear you, whereas a podcast, they're just listening. Now, I like the podcast because it's more convenient to consume. People listen to this podcast while they're working out or driving somewhere. Therefore, with YouTube, you don't have that benefit as much. But the relationship that YouTube videos and your videos in particular build versus just a generic podcast or a standalone podcast, I think it is more powerful. So with that anecdotal and qualitative feedback that you've received, what about some hard numbers? I mean, you mentioned that you were at fifty to 100000 in new money before you started the YouTube channel every month. What are you doing now? We're consistently bringing in over $250,000 a month in private money. So that covers our five houses we want to buy every month. Yeah, because you said they're about 39000 a house plus repairs, I imagine, 11000 or so, all in it for about fifty. Yeah. Okay. This may be good or bad news for potential investors, but we used to pay like 15% on private money, mm-hmm. and now we're paying 8 to everyone. I'm going to ask you one more question about that, and then I'd like to learn more about lessons you've learned as you've gone through this process. But with the 250, just to confirm, that's of new private money coming in from friendships that you've established initially through YouTube, but then you build a friendship, and then over time, they end up investing? Yeah. And I would also say it's also helped capitalize our own networks a little bit more. You know, everything we put on YouTube, we also share to our Facebook page or our LinkedIn page. So it has helped some people just stay in contact with us and see what we're doing and see the business that we're in. You know, Jimmy and I both have huge networks of smart people from the military all over the country. And you build those strong networks, but then everybody gets sent overseas or all over the country. So you're not necessarily staying in front of those people all the time. And and it's great to be able to have one spot to just throw things up there and people can check it out and and see what you're doing and, and reach out. I've had people just hit me up and message me on Facebook that I haven't talked to in years that are saying, oh, you know, I've seen what you're doing now. I've always been interested in real estate. Let's talk sometime. So we have had fresh relationships, and it's also helped us capitalize on our, our current relationships as well. Yeah, I think with Facebook in particular being so focused now on video, having a YouTube channel is even more beneficial now than it ever was when you're promoting it within Facebook. Because one, when you're on Facebook, 35,000 times more likely to watch a video than you are to listen to a podcast episode. That's just not something you would normally do. And then two, Facebook algorithm is more inclined to promote a video versus something else. So let's talk about if you were starting out, so put yourself in a best ever listener's shoes. What are some pieces of advice that you'd give them when they come across a situation where they want to build something to either raise private money or maybe it's get more leads or get more clients, whatever their business objective is. Whatever you're going to do, do it daily. It starts the clock for you every day. We don't record every day. We try to batch everything for Friday, but 
even if no one watches your video or no one cares about what you're doing, it's still going to force you to discipline your thought process to have a better idea and to be able to sell it better. I would say that's one of the best effects these videos have had. Instead of these ideas just banging around in these offices, we've had to refine them and articulate them so it makes sense to other people. Yeah, and this is something I think we were resistant on initially, and you really helped us get over that, Joe. But the consistency also is another form of credibility. When you're committing to, we said we're going to put out 20 videos a month and try and get on a few podcasts. When people see that regularity, and we've been doing this now mid-September, late September, we started putting out videos, and we've already got a ton of videos on our site and it's just like, okay, wow, these guys are serious. They put out regular content, and you're committed, right? You know, that's why you're doing the, the daily thing. You're the only daily podcast. I mean, that's takes a serious level of commitment, and people respect that. Yeah, that's something that is not obvious, and most people wouldn't notice if they didn't do something like a podcast or a YouTube channel or something consistently, and they raise money, which is probably 1% of the people who are in our business. And I was just having a conversation with my life slash business coach this morning about that. He was asking me the benefits of the podcast. And I told him, I said many things, but one of them is that credibility that I'm able to receive as a result of doing something daily for two and a half, three years almost. Because when people come across me and they see that I'm doing something every single day, not literally every day, but I have an episode go out every day because like you all, I batch so that I can maintain my sanity and actually buy apartment communities and consult with clients and actually go hang out with Colleen and stuff. But it builds that credibility and it shows them that, hey, when I'm committed to something, I'm committed and and I'm all in and they can expect that same commitment level with the investments that we partner on. Exactly. And the other thing I would say is I heard this quote maybe a month or two ago and it's be prolific, not perfect. Like I think I had a big hang up initially on like saying ums and ahs and I'm still trying to work on that or maybe making sure that the video is edited properly and has a great intro or whatever. It's like, just throw that all out the window and like I walk through a house, I film it. I don't even look at the video because I probably couldn't stand to watch myself. I just put it in our Dropbox and Jimmy uploads it and it's like it's done, it's over with, it's and out I, there. And people love the walkthrough videos. Like the best response we get are the walkthrough videos. Yeah. So like the sooner you can get over that fear, that hang up of like what what are people going to think of me? Is this perfect? Just start filming it. Even if like film 20 videos and don't post them. Just like like do them and keep them and be like, those are my throwaways and give yourself a little time to get acclimated to doing it. Mm-hmm. The and sooner you, you can get it out there, the sooner you're going to get over that fear. And for me, like if we had somebody come on and complain about the production video of our <laughs> videos, that's a tell that I don't want this guy as an investor. Yeah, you wouldn't care. Yeah. No, I was like, oh, good. You just fired yourself. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're focused on the wrong stuff. That's for sure. Well, what's the best place the best ever listeners can get in touch with you two? Our YouTube channel, just search Joint Ops Properties, and then our uh, website, jointopsproperties.com. Awesome. And best ever listeners, their website will be in the show notes page, so you can go to their website and then also go check out their YouTube channel that we've been speaking about 
this whole time. So, you know, from the challenge of you need to figure out what to do to scale your business, and you were bringing about fifty to hundred thousand a month in new money, and the solution you created, you found a thought leadership platform that made sense for you too. You created it, you did it consistently, and it has more than doubled your monthly private money that you're bringing in to now over 250000 a month, and that's new money every single month. And the lessons learned along the way that we talked through, as you two mentioned, consistency is key as well as just get it done and then don't be focused on getting it done perfectly. I think Mark Zuckerberg has a quote, done is better than perfect. And that's certainly applicable here. So thanks so much for being on the show. Hope you two have a best ever weekend. And we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Joe. Later. Remember to get your free deal analysis tool for your flips at fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. That's F-U-N-D-T-H-A-T-F-L-I-P.com forward slash best ever. It will detail your scope of work help you analyze if the project's profitable and make a determination on the max purchase price. Fundnetflip.com forward slash best ever. Best ever listeners, it is here. Well, it's almost here. February 24th and 25th. The conference, the best ever conference. Have you signed up yet? Oh, if you haven't, you better sign up right now. It's going to sell out. Besteverconference.com. I'm going to be there. A bunch of the guests who you've heard interviewed on the show are going to be there. Just go to besteverconference.com and look at all the speakers that you're going to hear from that will help you move your business forward in 2017. I want to meet you in person. The best ever guests who are speaking at this event want to meet you in person. And people who haven't been interviewed on this podcast who are speaking at the conference, they want to meet you in person. Go to besteverconference.com.